Hello and welcome to Women's Wellness with Lucy Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Lucy Catino. Ladies, this is your safe space where we discuss everything women's wellness. Let's dive in and start to peel back the layers. I am super excited to introduce today's guest, Christina Cabral, a mother of two beautiful children, filmmaker and activist living out her adventure in London. I also want to mention that she is the director of the awarded documentary, I Am Kriala, a film about her first travel to Cabo Verde, Cape Verde. I welcome this amazing Kriala as we discuss diversity in media. Hi, Christina. How are you feeling today? Hi, Lucy. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for the amazing introduction. Thank you for that. I'm feeling well, could be better, could be worse. Um, So it's a bit chilly over here in London. We are a little bit upset. As you see in the news, uh, we will have another five years of um, austerity and in a really negative government. So the Tories Conservative Party, they won the election. So we are a bit... um, Hangover, like trying to digest, yeah, all of all of this politics. But what I can know. we do? I know, I know. But stay in our, you know, stay grounded, stay centered, and and just do our part, right? And and take care of our home because I really feel like if we take care of our home and build a sanctuary that way, it kind of protects us from everything else that's going on around us and outside of our environment. So, and I believe that you're doing that. I really do enjoy. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. And I enjoy following, well, not following you because I, there's that word I I don't really like to use a lot, but I enjoy being a part of your mission and just watching you from afar. And you know, what's interesting about your documentary. um, I don't know how I came across it. And I just saw it on YouTube one day and I think somebody shared it and I watched it and it hit me so like, it just hit me so intently. And I was like, wow, this, it was an amazing feeling because I've always yearned to go back home as well, you know, because, and I think um, there was something you said that really hit home for me as well. You know, Cabo Verde was born in me. You know, and that is such a profound um, way to put it because I, I really feel that, you know. And so I just want to dive right into um, that journey and creating that that documentary and just, you know, taking that trip to Cape Verde for the first time in your life. And why? Why now? Well, um as a daughter of Cape Verdeans, I have to critique um our our families when the way that when they leave Cape Verde they feel okay we don't have to go now we don't have to go now so there is a lot of um, issues that didn't allow me to meet Cape Verde earlier so my parents they immigrate to Portugal and reality over there is really difficult the financial struggle and everything so, you know, like economically will be really difficult for them to take me and my other t- two brothers um, to Cape Verde. And to be honest, I always grow up like, as I said, um, that I that I said that I 
I, I feel that I wasn't born in Cape Verde, but I always felt that Cape Verde was born in me because my parents, they tried to compensate that distance um, towards the music, the kashupa, mm-hmm. uh, gatherings, you know, the Creole in the house. But yeah, so they failed in that bit that we have to take you back home. So was motherhood actually who make me feel like and question my identity. So my daughter, one day, she was asking me, Mommy, we have to do this project for International Day at school. We will do about Africa because you are African. And I was mm-hmm. telling her, well, Mommy, actually, Mommy was born in Portugal, but mom, my, your grandparents are from Cape Verde. But she was having a serious argument. No, 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 no. You are you African because you always cook uh, African food. You always put decoration. So in her head, I'm African. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I start to feel, you know what? I'm going to die one day. And also with all this Brexit insecurity here in the UK, I was putting myself in the position of feeling, you know what, where do I belong? So if I have to go wow. back home, Escape Verde will accept me as their own daughter or Portugal will accept me as their own daughter. Wow. So was was the main reason why um, I decided to go. So it, it also came on the way that I was finishing um, a BA course in journalism and I had to produce a, a film so I say, you know what, this is my one um, shot. It's my opportunity to go back home for the first time, film my journey, take, take the family with me. And, you know, like life is too short. So I waited so long. Yeah. So, and I went and I did it. And, and I have to tell you, that was the most incredible journey in my life like Uh discover your identity meet your relatives it's like I felt that I was raised by a stepmother and for the first time I saw the face of my biological mom that's beautiful that is so beautiful and as you're (laughs) talking I'm I'm literally getting chills because so I was born on the island of Cabo Right, so I was born in Fogo. My family, uh, my mom is from Brava. My dad was from Santanton. So, and I left when I was really young, right? So, but I've always, always felt very much Cape Verdean, you know, very much African, you know, to the point where it took me a long time to even want to become a citizen of of America, of the United States, because. I felt a sense of loyalty and a longing for a country that was very much inside of me, you know? And so I feel that and I understand that. And I, and, and as you're speaking to, um, I'm almost um, like dreaming of the day when I return because it will be almost like the same experience of going, of going and meeting a parent for the first time because that's what it'll feel like for me. So I do want to, how was that whole experience like for you and your family, for your children? Because I see that you took your husband and you took your two children with you. Well, for, for my children, 
they felt they they felt like in a really comfortable zone. Um, so it's something that it made me feel really proud of myself as a mom because I felt like I prepared them well. Mm-hmm. So they were not that kind of European kids that went to Africa and start to scream, oh, there is a mosquito or something mm-hmm. like that. No, mm-hmm. they were really into the environment. They were eating kashupa. Um, you know, they went to the old, um, and, and where my parents are originally from. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with the place, but if you saw in the film, mm-hmm. it's actually like um, a really countryside. So there is no sort of technology around that. It's mm-hmm. like they preserve um, th- that identity like in a in a way that I thought would be impossible in the 21st century the way mm-hmm. they speak the way they dress uh the animals you know like they can cook in an oven but they mm-hmm. prefer to cook in the old school way you know like and, and, wash and the their children exactly yeah. mm-hmm. the children they were really excited with all of that because they feel like the freedom that we don't have when you live in a cosmopolitan place and in a busy city. So they were really excited. They could run, <laughs> they could see a cow. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, this is a cow. And all the things that they see on the television, they managed to see. Um, and also the way, you know, that Morabeza that we use, mm. you know, like people hosting you in a way, like the kids come and play with you. So even the language barriers was not an issue. So I think they settled really well and they loved it. They yeah. they they said, Mommy, I wanna go back. If I ask them, you wanna go back to Cape Verde or you wanna go back to Portugal, the answer will always be one, Cape Verde. So they loved it. And and my husband, well, um <laughs> he always jokes because my husband is from Santome. Oh, wow. How funny is that? Now, tell us. Okay, and I'm glad you said that because... Yeah, he's an African man. He's an African man in a light skin. (laughs) That's beautiful. Because I I, I was looking at him and I was trying to figure out and I could not figure it out (laughs) where he's from. And that's so beautiful to me because we have a lot of history in Santome, right? So just to let our listeners know... That's where Caverdians, a lot of uh, Caverdians, especially men, right? If I'm saying it correctly, went yes. to Santo Me for work. So they would leave their families for years on end and to go look for work because there was no work in Cabo Verde. So that was a way of survival for us for a very long time. Yes, yes, that's true. So there, there was a, a, a really terrible crisis in Cape Verde in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And San Tomé was, was definitely the, the, the country that welcomed all um, Cape Verdean labor mm-hmm. and supporters because there was a hunger period. People didn't have any way to eat. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. was starvation, disease was... was horrible what we can imagine when we think about uh second world war we can imagine but in an african contest so yeah it was really terrible and some to me they 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 helped a lot and so it's a lot of mix of 
people from San Tomé and Cape Verde and also in, in San Tomé, a lot of, um, there is a lot of mix. So there is a, a really closer relationship. I consider them. Yeah, because I think, right. Absolutely. And for us, it's like home and interestingly enough, my daughter actually um, spent her last year. She went there for her spring break because she was in Ghana. So she took that opportunity to go there and she has a beautiful blog about it, you know, and she said, like, it was the most beautiful experience. And according to the pictures and the videos, it's so beautiful. And she said, you know what, it's a place where I was able to speak my language and connect with people like they were one of us. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So yeah, it's almost like, they they've opened up a door for us, you know, and 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 that's there's a, so much gratitude for that. No, absolutely, it's amazing people. It it, it is um, so. From my um, husband's side, so he was born in Santo Me and he grew up in Angola. So back here in the house, we have uh, a lot of lusophony <laughs> around because. Oh wow. Like, uh, it's the Cape Verdean side, it's the San Tomé side, it's the Angolan side, uh-huh. uh, the Portuguese-ish as well, like, uh, right. you know, like all this mixed together of all these, all, all of these flavors. But even him, when he was in Cape Verde, he was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And he, he was even thinking, because, you know, the thing is like the stereotypes that the media uh, do and a lot of things they feel like when you go Africa when you go to um, to a country that you know that doesn't have the same conditions that we do here have in mm-hmm. Europe and you in America that you're going to be in a jungle somewhere and you will see a lot of animals and stuff mm-hmm. but actually when he went to uh, Praia and he, he went to the downtown and he see oh my god there is cinemas this is all clean oh look at these highways look at these shops and he was like I don't feel that I'm in Africa at all because like well because of the pro- like media what they've been able to project you know like this image that we have of Africa is so inat- in it's not accurate at all And that's why it's so important for us to tell our stories. And like you, you know, you went there with a video camera and documented the whole experience because had you not done that, we wouldn't see it, you know? And that's why it's so media. It's almost like we have to take back the power and that's our power right there. Our ability to, to have a camera in our hands, to be able to speak for ourselves and, and you're doing that. And that and I do want to dive even deeper into your um into you being born in Portugal as an African identified woman. How has that experience been like for you? Because I know you and I had talked a little bit about it offline and I think it's really important to to get that out there. Yes, of course. I feel like if I will have this conversation with a lot of Cape Verdeans and a lot of Portuguese people, they will make me uh, maybe feel that, oh, you know, you should be more grateful. You should not talk about the way uh, uh, in a negative way about the the land that, you know, raised you. But one of the issues in our communities and I believe in the black community overall is like color blindness in the way that we just accept what is imposed to us. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was born 
in Portugal and I was born in Portugal in a really critical time. Um, I was born in 1984. So just straight. So uh, a decade after, um, you know, like uh, the independence of Cape Verde, Angola, you know, Portuguese speaking countries. So it was really unusual to see a black person in Portugal and my family they didn't they didn't move to the city so they moved to a town of around 800 900 people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when my mom and and in that time because we were born there so when they saw my mom my brother and my dad walking in the street believe me it will be like similar to a family adams movie Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that everybody will like run away or everybody will be just staring is at you. Is it because physically you look different from everybody else? Yes, like we 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 look different than anybody else. Um, you know like in terms of my mom because my mom she's she's mixed in the way that at that time she was really light skinned. Mm-hmm. But um even though they will always look at her, oh, look at them, they the black. Yeah, they're the black family. They are the, 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 the you know, like, they, they know from here, they terrible, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are. There, there was a point that my she she needed bread and groceries and people would not sell her because they felt like, why I would sell this to a black woman? Um, there was wow. a time as well that my mom wants to go in the bus and they will get out of the bus if the black woman will be inside of the bus. So when wow. we were born, like they questioned my mom, like, oh, um, why you want to have another black child? You know, it's like my mom was contaminating, you see, the the village if she has more children. So wow. what, what, what I believe that happens is... Um, they did really well in the process of assimilating us, like because we went to school, we were like well um, educated kids in the way that we were not, you know, they want us to look like. But my experiences um, in my childhood as in Portugal, I feel it was a bit traumatized with the way yeah. that they're reminding me every single day that I was ugly black um i was the other and doesn't matter how much i would do i mm-hmm. would always be the black girl yes so I, and 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 it's funny because actually now i'm finishing my master's degree and one of my and my thesis is all about this representation in in lack of representation in media in dolls right? in dolls Oh, and dolls, yes. And yes. dolls, yeah. But and and when I was traveling back to the childhood and I was like thinking about it, like the way that I was treated since the day I was born. No more I'm leaving this place. Was every day like a struggle you know like uh, every day like an obstacle but every single day I remember that I will listen Preta, mm. sorry, I'm just telling you in Portuguese, but mm-hmm. it's like all the synonyms of blackness, Bla- dirty, blackness, disgusting, yes. yeah. 
I was reminding every single day. I even remind uh, like when I when we had like um, gymnastics and and physics. My colleagues, they want to see if I had a vagina like the same as they had or, you know, it was a really difficult time. But believe it or not, like things are shifting. We know like there is all this blackness that now is like a trend and everyone is kind of assuming that having a black person to decorate certain aspects in certain institutions it's it's fantastic but underneath if you dig in dig in dig in dig in there will always have the issues and and, and in portugal there is a lot of issues starting for a legislation that still is not changed mm-hmm. since the uh, dictatorship on Salazar. So believe it or not, there is a legislation called Article 250. Mm-hmm, and that article says that in the eyes of the law, a black man is always suspect. Wow. So that means like, even if you want to fight for your rights, mm-hmm. if you want, if you want to be on a bus stop doing anything, if the police come, if the police wants to take you to the police station, if he wants to beat you up and whatever, you, in the eyes of the law, mm-hmm. you are suspect. And you, because your appearance, because you and your darker look mm-hmm. are the sort of evidence that the the Portuguese, um, the Portuguese legislation feel like as... So that is the crime. That is the crime. That is the crime. Your color. Yes. Wow. I mean, we can go on with this topic. It's so unfortunate. And and it's so unfortunate that you had to um, experience that and live that out. Now, how did you... Because now you're in London, right? So what made you move? And you also spent a little time in in New York City as well. So tell me how that all happened. So the thing is, when so when I when I live in Portugal, every single day, might even my teachers, they, I will always be like you know like um, the 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 black sheep. Mm-hmm. Whatever I did was never enough. Mm. Um, they 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 reassured that I had the, I always had the notion that I was born to fail. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you know Shakespeare. Doesn't matter if you even know how to do the most amazing poem. You are black, and you will not move far. Mm. So that's the the funny thing is, you know what? Is like some people say, "Are you?" leave that problem in you or you want to release from that and yeah. i from a young age i just felt they are the one who are wrong they are toxic mm-hmm. they don't accept the cure so i will do my own rehabilitation process from these people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so what i did is so i went to lisbon and i started a, a degree in film and video mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a really fantastic experience, but at the same way, because, you know, media is a male dominant area and I was feeling, you know, like this intersection of being black, a woman, a woman 
and still I didn't stop right there. So I did like an internship um, in an epic movie in Portugal. And then from that opportunity, there was a director that used to work a lot in Cape Verde. And he encouraged me that I should go to the United States. And mm -hmm. actually, you know, like you have a lot of representation in terms of film, uh, music, And I remember one day uh, watching that film uh, coming to America from mm. Henry Murphy. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah, yeah. And I and I just said, you know what? I'm I'm just I'm just going to do the same. I'm mm -hmm. going to America because there is a lot of black people there. Yeah, I mean, and... it's 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 we're making strides, right? So there's still that. I mean, I worked in media. Um, for a long time. That's kind of how I started out my career. And I remember, you know, and I went, I went to school for um, journalism because I knew that I wanted to be an anchor woman. And so there was always this struggle with my hair because I have natural curly hair. So I had to assume this, this um, role where I had to, um, I always had to press my hair and straighten my hair. And I'm a light-skinned African woman, right? So, and even my hair was a, a, a representation of my African roots. And that was not okay. So that's where I, become, I became a little frustrated with it because I love my curly hair. That's where I feel the most myself. And, and so it took me years to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go, I want to take my own route, right? And create my own media company where I'm now representing a representation of all of us, you know? So, and you do talk a lot about the importance of diversity in media. As a filmmaker, do you feel like we are, we are making strides in that direction now from what you can see? What I, what I feel that it happens a lot in the media, I felt like we are so used to be seen as the other that it's, it's difficult in terms of competition because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things out there, but also because we still have this uh, complex that we know that we are not strong enough to compete with the, yes. with the dominant group. And it's not just, it's a lot of things because it's, 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 it's us as, as black women, as you said, that hair. Uh, so we, we have to, um, you know, visually um, show like, how can we transform something that is stereotype into a yeah. positive uh, stereotype when we are used to see um, you know, like representations of blackness as the criminal, as the the mama, you know, the sexualization of um, yeah. the, the, the black woman yes. and everything. So it's so negative. And one thing that I have to say as well, we also as black people, we are learned to deal with stereotypes. So yeah. we are using our own negative stereotypes created by white supremacy mm -hmm. to sell which I feel it's absolutely wrong because why we have to do that we just copy pasting 
mm-hmm. something that was created by the white man, mm-hmm. but we are creating it. So if we're doing that, we're not seeking representation because yes. we are doing exactly the same thing. There yes. is a, an, an American producer that I really like him a lot, but Tyler Tyler Perry, I think yes, Tyler Perry. Yeah, yes. Tyler, Tyler Perry is uh-huh. an amazing person. He's uh-huh. extremely funny. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, I feel like, yes, but why you have to always show this? There is no other stories within the African-American <laughs> community that, you know, like, it's just, this is the stereotype that black people likes to see and mm. this is the the sort of thing that will make you know i just have this this um impression that we we have really scared we have insecurities to take risks yeah um, yeah because um we're afraid to go out on our own because then what will happen but i really feel like you know as creatives this is the best time to actually do that because we have you know we have avenues to create content that we've never had before you know exactly right so why not use that to tell our own stories the way that the way that it actually is, you know, and um, that's what I want to do. That's, that's what I'm doing. And that's definitely what you're doing. And I think that's how we begin to change that. Um, And I think that is the change. For example, the other day I was, I was having the the same conversation, but in uh, literature with uh, Teresa, we were, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, we were chatting and I was even telling her, do you know, like, how sad it is, like, for us that we are um, originally from Cape Verde, so we are Black Portuguese. I don't really know how do they classify you in the States, but, for example, here in, in, in London, you know, all of these old ethnicities, uh, they will put your Black um, other you don't have like black European or you know, no you really we know. we have the box that we have here is black so we and then they do you good yeah so they do have other if you choose to specify where you are from exactly but they yeah we have the choice to say we're black you know so I do like that I do like that because then we're not put into this category but then again checking the box box black still puts you in the category so i don't know it's like you know i would i would i would prefer i would prefer because here they have like three millions uh black uh asian Mm. black uh mix black black black. i I will send you a picture you will say it's really yeah, yeah, I don't you know, understand it's crazy. that. That is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Fortunately, it's crazy. we don't have that here. So I'm, and I'm really fortunate that I was raised in in the United States because, I mean, for like I could have went to Europe. You know, I could have my mom could have decided to go there, but in you know situations aren't the greatest here. But I feel like the level of freedom that we have here is um. It's just a little better, you know, from the stories that no, I hear, is. you know, so it, it, but it's like, we're, we're still fighting for change. We're still, 
we still continue to to fight the good fight and I'm excited for it. Like I said, especially in this time when we have the avenues to really speak our voices. And I hope that we always choose to speak when it's time, because that's the only way we can create change. And um, so before I let you go, because I know we're, we're almost running out of time, well, not running out of time, but coming to a, a close here. I know you probably get this question a lot. Any relation to the late Amilka Cabral? Well, I feel it, it was exactly what I was about to um to talk to you was in terms of the academic, like the literature, um, which we as Cape Verdeans, we, we focus a lot about music, mm-hmm. entertainment, mm-hmm. Uh, but when it's about having conversations about history, about what happened in Cape Verde, even was really Cape Verde, and um, some of the... Um, the, the people told me that uh, Cape Verde was arguing that they didn't really want to um, be part of the slavery map. Um, like, so basically, we are guilty uh, to don't have our own history. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that our history started on slavery, mm-hmm. but it's fair to say that Cape Verde was an inhabited island. So we yeah. don't have evidences that who lived there before Before us. we got there. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. So is it fair? And I have this conversation all the time with folks because, um, especially uh, Cape Verdean folks, because, you know, you have on the one side, um, some people identify more as Portuguese and some identify more as Africans. But I always like to say, you can't deny one and accept the other because to me, it just doesn't make any sense because Cape Verdean was the rise of, of the colonization by the Portuguese on Africans. So how can we deny either way and I'm intrigued to find out about what you would say about that especially someone who actually lived in Portugal and who does identify as an Africana woman so do enlighten us on that so the thing is like um Creole itself is is that intersection where you feel like you have a food in Africa and a food in Europe yep but again when you when you you when you have that colonialism and all of those negative um, inside of in, ingrained on your brain, mm-hmm. you feel like I hate myself. If of I course. hate myself, if I hate my kind, I want to be like them. I admire mm. them. I admire the colonizer. And again, as I was saying in the beginning, in the early of the interview, my husband is African, but he's light skin. Obviously, when he went to Cape Verde, I could see like the way he was treated, like with such as, oh, you're so lucky for have a light skinned man. Like this wow. was like a lot of my family members impressions because he was light skin and I had light skin babies with nice hair so I should be really happy and proud wow so this this is like one of the scars of colonialism and that's why it's yes. important uh, to talk about like, it 
separate and we'll be not being only focused on entertainment and kizomba it's beautiful guys and our culture but we are not educated we have the the a small percentage of um to be honest we have nearly none evidence of our own histories in academia yeah we don't go by if you want to go buy a book for your daughter or if you want to tell her and show her any sort of evidence journal or anything that talks about Cape Verde, you will struggle to find. To find it, you will. And that's why it's hard for us with our own identity and our own relation within our culture. It's difficult because we're over here and some are on the other side and we have to kind of find... Um, a way to unite more and the way to do that is to really understand at the root of who we are as a people how did we come to be who are we and I think those are really important questions to really dive into and that's why it's always been a mission for me even for and it started with myself asking the question where do I come from you know who am I because that's important you know why it's important because I want to be able to navigate this world feeling grounded and secure when you ask me where I'm from I want to be able to tell you when you ask me who I am I want to be able to tell you that you know and that's why for me it's so important to find out what that is so you were saying about Amilcar Cabral. Mm-hmm. So, so sorry, I know we're running. Up no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Amilcar Cabral. So from what my aunties uh, described, so it was. So my grandmother and Amilcar Cabral, they were cousins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we we somehow <laughs> relatives, and this is mm-hmm. really nice, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. But what we really need to remember is. Where are the Milker Cabrals, um, not just in name, but who are, you know, the, the, the liberation, the freedom mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't it exist in the way that, okay, we don't have chains in our feet anymore. Yeah. We are an independent country, but still we are spread all over the world, but we are not united. They're all... all all these divisions and all these insecurities that you know we we are not we are not brothers and sisters because brothers and sisters don't you know don't don't want to see a negative uh, thing what what is happening with our society but what we have to understand is um if we decolonize our knowledge if we go back to read about Amilcar Cabral and to check the work that he did to us to be able for you to be in the United States to me as well to be able to be in Lisbon America you know to give us the freedom to be the people we are I feel that is a bit unfair we just don't do anything to change it and we just have this feeling okay this is our curse we have to live with it is we should be really happy because we are westernized countries. We don't have to complain anymore. So I do believe that if we have kids and, and if we want things to change, that we really need to question uh, who, who we are in terms of identity, mm-hmm. 
we should not be scared to talk about our blackness and no. yes we should be really happy to say i am black because from the first time when you're not happy to to consider it yourself black means that you have that complex yeah if you have that complex how you can face the world exactly. how you can face the other majority group yes so that yes. is what i feel is like we have to bring up to our minds and to our discourses what the milker cabral did for us absolutely in order for we change and 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 for we contribute for a better p- future because in america it's quite different because as, as again as you said you're classified as a black woman mm-hmm. so you know like if, if if anywhere you will be you everyone will consider you as wow. a black woman mm-hmm. afro-american in europe is really terrible um and 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 in england um it's been it's like i feel like mostly of the times even when i'm having this these conversations with other black british women the thing of we being colonized by the portuguese it kind of gave like a really because in the way like for history portuguese were the one of the pioneers of slavery or, yeah. or, or so like when when they look at us oh you portuguese like it's like we are the the example of you know like you know you portuguese you what kind of black you know what i feel like they feel we are too privileged to be yeah to 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 express our traumas and to to exactly yeah, yeah exactly. and also we have the issues as well like what i feel here is not like we should be alone because you know what we all black but still they say oh but you have an accent Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, but your surname is whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. Cabral, Teixeira Diaz. So why you would be proud to have a surname that is an English surname or an European surname when we all been colonized for, for whatever, it doesn't matter if it was English, Italian, Spanish, mm-hmm. they were there, they raped our women, they put slavery in the universe so we are all slaves what we were we were all um you know like we are all we all have this sort of trauma does absolutely it, yeah it doesn't it's it's still very traumatic no matter how you break it down and that's that's absolutely accurate and that's why it's important for us to get to know our history And like you said, go back and try to figure out who it is that you are. How, uh, your identity is very important in how you um, navigate this world, especially now. So I, I've had so much fun. <laughs> I've learned so much. And <laughs> it's been so amazing. And I could go on with this conversation. That's why I love this podcast so much because I get to meet fascinating women like you, you know, who, have, who really are contributing to, to, to our world in, in, in such a beautiful, positive way. So I thank you for that. Um, please do tell our listeners where we can um, stay connected and learn more about your mission. All right. So first of all, uh, Lucy, I want to thank you. Uh, it's amazing how we have these platforms that, you know, connect us to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a bit uh, of a dinosaur. <laughs> Sometimes my daughter calls me T-Rex. <laughs> I think she, she knows more about, um, 
you know, like phones and 3D things. I'm, I'm the kind of woman that likes the big cameras, the big things, old school things, and Instagram and all those social media is so amazing that in a twinkle in an eye, you can be Connect. uh, connected. And thank you for that. Thank you for for inviting me to participate in your podcast. It, it's definitely an honor. So what I do, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really fed up with all this journalism industry when the things that I feel that I don't have a space, we don't have a space. So what, I'm, what I do is um, I do, um, I'm a journalist. I do like uh, multimedia journalism. But my passion is film, um, and what I want to do is just r like the stories that n people feel that are boring to see and read. I want them to see in 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 film, uh, because I believe the the way the world is is shifting. Nobody reads newspapers anymore. Nobody cares about books anymore. So it's what I do. And the, uh, the other thing that I that I do here in London as well is like like doing workshops for children and to um, teach them media from an early age mm. and focusing focusing um, in identity, like always making sure that they know who they, who they are. Um, so what I do with my children, I try to transfer that for other children too. And for they have the self-esteem to tell their own stories in drawing, go to the school drawing, what, you, what the reality that they see. Um, so it's what I do. And also now I'm a bit shifting more for the academic perspective. Uh, this master's is killing my brain, but in, in the positive way, it just make me realize that we have to create some books So I have plans to write some books from 2020. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, books about um, our our um, Lusophony community for children. And yeah, so it's, it's, I do a lot of things. So that I yeah, that. and we want to find you. So where? Um, what's your social media handle? So that so way we can. My social media is the Criolla Mom. Uh, And I have a blog as well that is the creolamam.wordpress.com. No mistake. Mm -hmm. And uh, my Facebook page is Christina Cabral. And uh, yeah, so is is the forms that I am at the moment. But as I said, I'm a bit T-Rex on that. Um, but I hope to be more <laughs> active. She's being very. She's being really modest <laughs> because your Instagram is awesome. So. I, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so there's no T-Rex going on over there. So definitely do check her out. It's it's worth it. The visuals and the mission, it's all stunning. It's all great work. And so we'll definitely see you on there. And um, before I do uh, leave you, I like to dive in even deeper with three final questions. I hope you're ready for this. No all right, problem. so the first question, if you could write yourself a love letter how would you begin if i can you repeat again sorry sure if you christina would were to write yourself a love letter how would you begin that letter oh wow <laughs> <laughs> 
If I have to write myself a love letter, I don't know. I would say a girl, like, I fell in love. I love you, like, since the first day I saw you. Like, I don't really know. I'm, like, not being romantic, but I think, you know, like, damn girl, I want to marry you and stay with you for the rest of my life. I, I love that. I love that because you know what? You will have to stay with her for the rest of your life. And, and, and it's really important that we like who that girl is or who that woman is becoming. So you might as yes. well make her your best friend, right? So that's beautiful. I think that's as romantic as it gets. So thank you for sharing <laughs> that. No, the, truly, truly. Thank you for that. And the second question, what is your personal why? That one reason that gets you up every single morning? My children. Mm. For my children, I will go. I don't know. I could walk from here to Australia. I don't know. I will run the world. I will fight. I will be a warrior. I will learn Japanese. I will do everything I could to my children. Because, again, I had such a traumatic um, childhood that I imagine not even one single second of my life to see my children to have issues of confidence of people telling that they could not be anything because they are black. And yeah. um, that's why I feel that as a mother and um, as having this opportunity to be in a creative area that I want to shift this to show my children that they, yes, they can be the next Rihanna's, Beyonce's, <laughs> Barack Obama's of the world. Whatever comes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And that goes back to representation, right? So there you have it. And um, lastly, what would you like to leave behind after this physical journey is over? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, when Mar Mar um, Martin Luther King said that he had the dream. So I have a dream, too. I feel like I don't want to um, leave behind like diamonds and pearls because you know what? Life is too short that I do believe that even the people that are billionaires, they struggle more in terms of happiness than us, that we have little. Um, well, because so it's really I... not about external things. Exactly. And that's what they're it's teaching not... us. It's not. It's not about externals because it doesn't matter. I will be more happy to eat my scramble hag and bread than mm -hmm. have a caviar. You know, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. that's real that's the truth i agree with that you know like <laughs> I, I i'm 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 one of the kind of people if you invite me to your house or to a posh restaurant and if i see like uh oh this is the most amazing michelin restaurant i'm gonna look at you with that look and look at you where is the food and i'm gonna what is, where is the food? and that's real and for keyboarding person it's like where is the food? Where is the food? And, and then you look to the to the plate and you see that tiny microscopic lettuce and that thing over there. You say, oh, this is the food. Mm. We are not impressed. <laughs> we are not impressed. So, you know, like what I would like to to leave is like, you know, like just leave my mark in the way that um, that my children could follow my journey. 
doesn't matter what sort of area and field they would like to go but what i would like is to them to do exactly the same thing as i did go back to the history go back to their identity and for they look in the mirror and they see this is who i am i am mm. a black person and this is my origins doesn't matter which language they speak doesn't matter what because we we i don't want in 300 years for nobody knows where what is cape verde yeah i want in 300 years for people see look that 10 time uh, islands were not just resort hotels there was more about them there is more about mm-hmm. um about the and this is what we have to do and this is it will be something that I would like my children to continue this mission of spreading our culture that's right that's right it's uh, to preserve it because it really needs to be preserved and this is the only way is to continue to know our identity and spread the message and tell the stories from generation for generations to come. So thank you for that. Wow, it's been amazing. Again, let's talk some more very, very soon. And, and I, I'm pretty sure we will. I've, I've, I feel fortunate as well. And it's also an honor to talk to you because for me, I've gained another beautiful Criala friend. And that is everything for me. So thank you for being on. Thank you so much, Lucy. When you want to visit London, you know you have another house. Just just tell me, come. There is nothing interesting here. Well, you know what? My experience in London, even though I was there for a very short period of time um, last year, I really liked it. It was really cold, though, I must say. And being in L.A., kind of like the difference was was drastic. But it people were really kind to me there. Um, I, I ate the best food. And I really had, and, and like I told you before, too, it reminded me a lot of... Um, of New York and I'm an East coast, uh, East coaster at heart. So I definitely felt um, a, a strong connection to it. So thank you for the invitation and don't be surprised when I say, Hey, Christina, I am in, I'm in your, your, your world right now. Let me in. So, and I would love to, it would be an honor to, and a pleasure to meet your beautiful family. So anytime, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, sister. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. No I appreciate problem. It. No problem. <laughs> what I wish you is all the best as well for your podcast. Wish you love Christmas, Happy New Year, and from London, a loads of love for you. Yes, and yes. best success. Yes, thank you so much. And likewise, likewise. And to my listeners, remember you are the most important person in your life. Stay well. I'm sending you all so much love. I hope that this episode has resonated with you. And please do share it with someone else that may also find value in this message. Let's spread it wide and far. I appreciate you all. Until the next time.